Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, who can probably think of a thousand better hiding places for his money than on top of his shower, Ryan Nelson. Sound the alarms. We're going from a heist to a prison break. That's right. We are. We are going from a heist to a prison break. So, and I wasn't really sure where they were going to the very, very end. I was like, oh, this is where we're going. Okay, I got you. I was like, ooh, I like the idea of... uh, (laughs) Of a prison break. Of Vel breaking him out of prison. Yeah, I know. So we'll be discussing where we think that's going in just a minute. Uh, but if you've been listening to the podcast since we started it back in January, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoy it as we talk about the seventh and episode of Andor titled Announcement on Disney+. Plus. If you are new or irregular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast. You can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a 3, 5, 10, or $20 level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you can't be a patron, you can help the show out by writing us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating, and if you have time, write us a review while you're there. If you do write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on air next time we record. So, we are talking about the seventh episode of Andor, as mentioned previously. This show has obviously gotten uh, a lot of attention from critics and from the people actually watching it. Real quick, before we get into specifics, what were your overall thoughts on the seventh episode? I gotta say, I love this episode, man. It was a, it was a reset, getting us to the next steps. Mm-hmm. But I thought this brought up something that you and Blake discussed in the first episode. This is showing us from then, then on, now on, the darker side of the rain, the darker side of the rebellion. Mm-hmm. And as Blake said, it's not all kittens and rainbows when yeah. you talk about the rebellion. And we're starting to see what the real cost, the cost of what the, the rebellion does to the citizens mm-hmm. around the around the uh, globe. The oxen. The, the galaxy. Yeah, thank, you, the galaxy. thank you. When I said globe, I was like, "That's <laughs> not right." The galaxy. Yes. So there is going to be calls to the to the citizens all around the galaxy due yeah. to the due to this. Yeah, that's one of the things that they are setting up. And it's one of the things, what's great about the way the show is working is because you focus on, they're focusing on one thing at a time. So like the, the beginning of the show, they're focusing on Andor getting recruited into the Rebellion and basically the showdown that was coming between he and Cyril Karn and the rest of the Corpos. 
in the second ep- the second set of episodes four through six, they're setting up the the heist and the stakes that are play at play with the heist. This second uh, this third set of episodes here in episode seven, uh, it's like I said at the beginning, I wasn't really sure where they were what they were building towards because it, it, it was pretty obvious what they were building towards in episodes four through six from the very start when he mentions that we're going to steal a uh, a quarterly payroll for an entire section of the Galactic Empire. That's pretty obvious once they kind of introduce Cyril and he kills those two guys at the beginning of episode one you kind of know where that's going didn't really know where this one was going for the most part i mean i knew they were obviously dealing with the fallout of the of the heist that's the that's the main thing they're setting up is how this is how this one event is now affecting so many different parts of the galaxy how it's affecting so many different people but i wasn't really sure what event they were going to be building to but the moment he gets arrested there at the end of episode seven and gets sentenced to six years in prison you're like oh Okay, well, that's where we're going. We're going with a prison break on this one, and prison break. <laughs> so, so that's going to be fun to watch. And it's going to be a lot of. It's it should be an interesting road till we get there, and I'll be interested to see how, what they're doing in episode because the middle episode is the one that it's always like. All right, so what are we going to do in the middle episode to lead us into that event? And I really don't know to be honest. I guess it's going to be who who's going to actually break him out. You kind of feel like it's going to be Vale, but let me let me put this out there because there i was thinking about this i'm starting to wonder if we have cyril karn wrong because my Mm. thought the entire time has been cyril karn is going to be awakened kind of like cassian andor's for the empire kind of like cassian andor has going has been awakened for the rebellion now he's still getting there obviously he's not there yet that was my thought originally, but the more I see Cyril Karn kind of stewing, the more, I mean, one of the things that his mother says at the very beginning, because we, we opened this episode with Cyril Karn, which I was not expecting. I wasn't expecting to open up with him. He's got this suit on. It's a brown suit, and he's got this collar, and, you know, he mentions again, this is tailored. It's another tailored outfit that he has, because his his uniform in the first three episodes, it was tailored. It had some individuality, and she even mentions in this in this opening scene she says you know what about what about the job that you're going to go interview for what makes you think they want individuals because the empire doesn't want individuals they want people who fall in line they want people who are going to go along with the flow regardless of what they're being told and while that seems like it's something that cyril karn would do you can tell he's really not happy with the fact that you know, he did his job. He did what he was supposed to. He investigated when two of the corpos were killed. He, uh, someone broke the law. And it makes me wonder if at some point in this show, if they're going down the road where he gets so fed up with the fact that he's doing what he's told, he's he's done everything that's been asked of him. He, you know, he investigated somebody, a murderer. Uh, he investigated an actual murderer. Yeah. He investigated a guy who is probably going to be a big cop part of the rebellion and his reward is he gets raked over the coals by uh, i can't remember what the uh the guy who ends up getting embarrassed in this one uh begins the b i can't remember what his name was um he gets raked over the coals by that guy he loses oh, his lieutenant supervisor blevin blevin thank you that was his name uh but he gets raked over the coals by blevin he loses his job and now he's got this job doing something that apparently is very menial in, in task and that the episode starts with him and it also ends with him just kind of staring into nowhere so it makes me wonder if he ends up coming a part of the rebellion as well because he just gets so fed up with the fact that he's doing everything he's supposed to and he is getting nothing in return what do you think 
You know, my first thought, I actually thought Deidre Miro may be going down that road. And she could too. We're going to talk about her because, too. But like, because my first thought was no, because when he, you could tell he knows it, it was Cassian involved. Right. When mm-hmm. he hears about mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the heist, he's like, you could just see it on his face. Like, I knew it was him. I knew right. it was him. Mm-hmm. But you're right about his mother harassing him. And then you're right about when he goes to the new job and he again defends himself. Mm-hmm. Like I did the right thing and you see what happened. Mm-hmm. I was right. So you, you could be right on that. I have a feeling it's going to be one of the two. Though. Right. Yeah. It's gotta be one of the two because I mean, and I will say this. I mean, he is, I mean, in his job, that's what he, he should have done that. But the thing is the empire wants to val it's the empire values stability far more than they value like the people that were actually working for them that were supposed to keep that stability up and like so there's a lot of that there's a lot of that that makes me think that okay maybe i had this guy wrong maybe i had this guy pegged incorrectly from the start and like i said it's just those little touches that individuality that he wants to put in there and like i said for i thought originally that was just this guy who was trying to show that he's an overachiever he's kind of nerdy he's kind of geeky and right 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 that's what i thought but it seems like now it's more he is trying to just stand out he's trying to show hey look i'm i'm really good at this you i'll i will pay attention to detail i will do the things that need to be done if you're going if you hire me or if you or in his old job you know i'm going to make sure that uh people who are lawless they get brought into the justice he's trying to put forth the idea that he is an overachiever when he really has not been an overachiever up until this point, just because the people don't value what he is doing. So like I said, he is as much as I have loved the show to me, he's yeah. the most interesting part because they won't let him go away. I mean, it would have been very easy to write that character off and say, he's the one that screwed up in the first three episodes. And he's the reason why Cassie and Andor ends up kind of joining the rebellion and we don't revisit him, but they keep going back to him and they keep going back to him in a way that I was not expecting. So like I said, he's the one that every time he's on screen, it just, it, my antenna immediately goes up like, okay, so what are we doing with him now? Because it, like I said, it has been completely different than anything that I thought. I'll just be perfectly honest with you. Like I said, I'm really interested in what they do with it. Yeah, I am too. His part is is always interesting, and his mother. Uh, let's just shout her out, uh, Alyssa. Uh, where did I saw her? Catherine Hunter. Yeah, mm-hmm. she is so good. Yes, at, at just that creepy mom, or being this nagging mom. Just she's Not, just yeah, the nagging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, just so good. Yeah, she is. She's, she's very, very good. So, uh, I've, I've, I really like this episode. Look, one of the things I put out on Twitter is, you know, when you have an episode that is just people just in a Star Wars that is, you know, one of the things that's such a big draw to Star Wars is the 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 battles, the Force, the Jedi, and all this type of stuff. When you have an episode like this one, where it's just a bunch of people talking, and you can have riveting conversation that makes you that has you locked in completely at least i was i'll I'll just say that i was was locked in absolutely i was completely locked into everything that was going on the screen because this is the type of episode where you would like normally i start picking up my phone start scrolling through it and i wasn't doing that on this one like i said so and it's, it's a credit to tony gilroy i mean he has been praised by almost everybody who has reviewed this show because of just the way that he has handled it and the way that he has written it and I, I want to be one of those one of those people. Uh, one of the things I do think that's very, which is a smart move in this one, 
This is the first time we're really, truly starting to kind of tie it back to the greater Star Wars universe. So yeah, we get we get an Emperor Palpatine drop. We his name gets dropped multiple times throughout the course of this episode. The guy who is like at the uh, ISB, the uh, the uh, Colonel the, Wolf Ulleran. Yeah, he is. He is apparently an Easter egg because he was. Yes, he is. I yeah, looked it up. Yeah, he was in Rebels or uh, Clone Wars. Clone He's Wars. in a lot of stuff. He's in a ton of stuff and he's in uh new hope it, oh is he in new hope i don't, I don't remember his yeah, role not in new the hope. same actor obviously but yeah. it, there, there's an isb scene and he's in it and okay. the and the actor malcolm sinclair has made himself look like the actor from that movie okay that, that makes sense but yeah because when, he, when, when he's first talking and they're not showing his face i'm like okay this is supposed to be somebody and when they showed him like okay i don't recognize that but i didn't see that i didn't watch the clone wars and i didn't watch rebels and i don't remember him from new hope it's been a while since i've seen the original star wars uh but you know so like i said that's another tie that they're taking to the to the greater star wars universe we we get our first look at at, uh, at stormtroopers in this episode we get a star destroyer so they're now starting to tie it a little bit more back to the actual star wars universe it's not, look it's still a very much a separate story and it's still very different than anything they've done but i do think it is if you're going to tell us a, a story that actually is star wars related, you still need to have it you still need to have some of that familiar iconography. You still need to have some of that familiar taste out there. And I think ultimately this might help draw some more people into it because we're going to talk about this at the end of the show. But uh, the ratings aren't great for this show. Uh, and like I said, we'll talk about that at yeah. the end. And I think this might help. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I don't know what you think. I think the same thing. I, I think if you tie something back and it makes it feel like Star Wars, right. I, I think definitely think it helps. Yeah, I think it does too. I, I really do. So, uh, one of the things that they that they introduced us to early because actually one of the things that I just found somewhat fascinating about this is this we don't get Cassian until like 15 minutes into this into yeah, the show. Yeah. Uh, but we kind of start off with like I said, we started off with Sierra Car and we get. We kind of get what's been going on with him because I don't think we saw him at all in episode six, if I remember correctly. But we get caught up on him. We get caught up on the uh, ISB. I want to come back to them in just a little bit. But Luthen and Mon Mothma are taking kind of center stage here at the very beginning. And we discover that Mon Mothma has no idea that this plan was was being hatched by, by Luthen. I was a little surprised by that. Uh, but... We also find that this is that they aren't on the same page with this. Mon Mothma doesn't like the fact that he did this because this means that the empire is about to crack down, which is what the what was that guy's name again? I don't remember. Uh, from the ISB. Uh, which you talking about the uh, Easter Evans? No, the Easter. Oh, uh, no, uh, Wolf. Uh, Wolf Ularen. All right, so Ularen, that's what he's doing. He's basically saying, we are going to crack down on these people. We're going to increase prison sentences. We're going to increase taxes on people who aid and abet the... Aid and abed the rebellion. We're going to we're going to go after, and we're going to show if you mess up, this is what this is what's going to happen. And Mon Mothman knows that's what's going to happen. I mean, they basically enact what's similar to a Patriot Act in 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 this episode. And she's upset because she's like, people are going to suffer as a result. And Luthen's like, yes, that's the point. We want them to suffer. Yeah. His line literally is, uh, they've been choking us slowly for too long. We kind of forgot that they're actually doing it. My question to you is this. Is this idea of let's make the... Because they want people to suffer. Because if they're not suffering, then they're not going to want to, they're not going to get they're not going to get rid of the empire. Is this a good plan? 
Well, I mean, we see that it works out. Yeah, it does. Uh, so, I but, guess uh, you know, all, all the top of my head, I would say no. All it sounds I, terrible. Well, here's one thing: I, when I was watching this, I was thinking, like, I don't know if this is what Tony Gilroy's trying to do, but it really feels like this is a little bit of a of a futuristic parallel to the American Revolution. It felt like, and it now feels like after mm. seeing this episode that basically the heist we just saw is the Tea Party, because. One that makes things, a lot of sense. Yes, of the, I'm with you. Keep going. One of the things that happened in, with the Boston Tea Party was when the Patriots they ended up throwing all the tea off the boats. It wasn't necessarily that they were crippling the empire, the British Empire's uh, tea trade and all that type of stuff. They weren't doing that. It was just a symbolic retaliation that we're, we're tired of this tea tax. We don't want to pay it, so this is what we're going to do. And the end result of that was the. British, the British monarchy, they end up increasing taxes. They end up cracking down on the colonies because, as uh, as a punitive measure, to try to discourage people. And this is, and one of the things that happened though is, yes, it did embolden a lot of people, and it did make a lot of people say, "Hey, we want to join. We want to join the forces. We want to join in in uh, rebelling against the, the British crown." But there were a lot of people that said, "No." you're making life worse for us. And that's kind of one of the things that kind of gets lost in, in the historical context is, you know, there was a lot of people in, in, in the American colonies who there were a lot of people who were loyal to the British crown. There were a lot of people who just were like, whatever, we don't care if we're going to be part of the British monarchy. Great. If we're going to be a new country, that's great too. And there was a lot of people obviously who were supporting the revolution and the idea of rebellion. Like I said, I got that same kind of feeling here because Yes, they are going to embolden some people because the the empire is about the galactic empire is about to crack down on them, and we see that very much so here at the end when a a crime, a quote unquote crime that that Andor commits that he really doesn't commit. The one, the, you know, he doesn't really do anything, but the you know the one crime that he does commit, they don't have any idea, and they would like hang him in the streets if they knew it. Uh, right. But he goes from a six month sentence to a six year sentence, so you, you see this already. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to be emboldened by that. They're going to say, oh, we can't have this. The Empire, this is wrong. But there's going to be some people who are going to be like, no, you got to stop this because we're getting hurt. Like That's the reason why I wonder if this is a good plan. You're right in the fact that it does work out, and it works out for the American Revolution. But it is a huge risk when you do something like this. The idea oh, yeah. is let's, let's make them make us suffer. Uh, to get what we want because you get people more involved because it's it's a risk and look it's going to pay off and like I said it pays off with the American Revolution as well but it is a it is a risk and if it doesn't if you don't get the response from the people then you've brought a lot of harm to them that is going to ultimately make it a lot worse that's one of the reasons why I asked you if it was a good plan because I think no, that, it is but I, I think you're right I think and the way you explained it was just perfectly well done especially the comparison to the American Revolution I mean anytime the US has gotten involved with something it's because we had we suffered yeah exactly you know mm-hmm. yeah I mean World War II is another example right. not to the same but like uh, I want to mention something else from that scene this is the first time Mon Mothma isn't acting right. she comes in screaming at luther yes she does for mm-hmm. the good go you know he's still in character he's still in character she's not she's not and in fact they're like looking back out the guards like hey you need to calm down and i want to mention clea mm-hmm. i believe that's how you say her name she looks over like okay this is concerning yeah and when mon leaves you can see on luther's face and he's like 
I feel like I can trust her. Right. I'm hoping this wakes her up, but he's not sure. Yeah. That's one of the, the things I liked about that scene as well, because also mm-hmm. one of the things I liked about that scene is we kind of f- see this at the end of episode five is, you know, Clea is sitting there talking to her and, you know, he, she, it felt like she was very much as equal in this. And in this episode, yes. we discovered that, yes, she is very much as equal. She is, he, she may be like his technical employee as this in this shop or whatever it is that they own. But in terms of the rebellion, in terms of what they're doing, they're very much equals. And that's what well, I think. I think uh, she may be doing things on her own. Well, we're going to get to that in just a little bit, uh, but I do want to go back and talk about the ISB. So in the scene, uh, with uh, Wolf, whatever his name is, he is like that. He's cracking Yalaren. Yalaren, thank you. I'm never going to remember that. Uh, Let's call him Wolf. Wolf, that's right. I like Wolf because I can remember Wolf. Thankfully, uh, but he is, you know, he's laying out all this stuff, and we go back to Dedra, who is uh, basically, you know, his her assistant or whatever it is that he is. He sees that she's concerned he's like what's the what's the matter what what you don't approve of this and she's like no i don't approve of this at all because this is what she understands that this is what the rebellion wants and she lets us know that before luther even does that they want the rebellion wants them to crack down because if they people crack down that's going to embolden a lot of other people to get involved and to continue to to escalate things along uh in the rebellion and she understands that she sees this and she realizes what Yularen has done she's given Yularen has given the empire a lot of freedom to go get information they didn't have access to to use methods that they didn't currently use and i've seen a lot of people were compared to the to the patriot act that was enacted after 911 yeah and she says okay well we're going to go ahead and we're going to start using this stuff and we're going to use it f- for our advantage and she has learned that's one of the great things i like about her character is she has learned from that initial meeting with Padragast or whatever his name is. Uh, or, uh, I love the the character, but it's Pad Padgast or let me find his name real quick. I actually can't find it right off the top of my head. Uh, but basically, her boss is the person that that I'm talking about. Uh, she has learned from him that if she's going to make these aggressive plays, she has to have all of her ducks in a row, and that's what she's doing in this. And like I said, I, it, what I like about what they're doing with Dedra's character. Oh, you're talking about Major Partagas. Partagas, that's his name. Partagas. Yeah. I couldn't remember what his uh, what his name was, but Major Quiborn from uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, that's right. He was in he was in Game of Thrones. I couldn't remember. I, I knew he was looked familiar. I just couldn't yeah. place him. So, uh, but Patrickas told her in the previous episode, he's like, "Look, I like what you're doing. I think what you're doing here is great. But if you're going to do pull a move like this, you've got to be prepared. You've got to have everything prepared." You've got to be ready a lot more so than what you were this time around to be able to pull that move off. And she has learned and she's trying to get this information. She's going to have everything that she needs later on in the episode. But what I like what they're doing with her character is obviously she's part of the empire. And you know what? One of the things that you said, I don't know if they're going to keep her as part of the rebellion. Cause she's kind of, I mean, he, she, Blevin even calls her a renegade later on yeah. in the episode. Like I don't know what they're going to do with her, but for now, they're making a sympathetic character inside the Empire who you, right. you would think would be like the enemy, but they're still making her a sympathetic character. What have you thought on yeah, this? I thought the same thing. The sympathetic character, the first time we've seen a character like this that you're like, 
you feel for her, especially the way she gets treated. Also, she's like the only woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is. And she has to be even more on her toes because of that and, and the treatment she gets. And in fact, when they when uh, Blevins goes after her, you see all the other dudes are looking around like, good, we need to get rid of this chick. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see that. Also, I thought because she is right, she knows what the re- rebellion is going to do. Like, she is... She's right every time. She's telling them this, and they don't listen. Mm-hmm. That's what made me think, and they really blew her off this time. Although, uh, part of gas, you know, takes her side at the end. Mm-hmm. But even I still don't think she's gonna get fair treatment. That's what makes me wonder if some point she's gonna, yeah. you know, figure out a way to get out. Yeah, I mean, he literally tells her at the end to to watch her back. I mean, yeah. yeah. And what makes her sympathetic, and one of the reasons why I think people you start to attach to her is because she is she is correct. I mean, you and somebody who is good at their job, who understands what they're supposed to do, I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to, is the fact that she understands more so than what's going on than anybody else. And like I said, it's and it really becomes obvious they are trying to make her sympathetic because when Blevin in this meeting at towards the end and he basically he's got this smirk on his face the entire time and part of gas even says you know you look especially happy today why is it that you're so happy do you have news good news to relate to us and he's like and he is just smiling the whole time he's like yes i want because I, I want to call out and possibly like have this woman who has been a thorn in my side have her you know either a lose her job at, at, at least lose her job or at worst possibly end up being like thrown in jail or something like that for the steps that she has taken. And he is so confident that he is about to have her done Mm -hmm. away with because she's already been reprimanded by Partagast earlier in the episode. But what he didn't realize is that Partagast is trying to basically, he understands what he has with Dedra and he knew that. And from the initial encounter with her, that if that he's got a, a tool here. He's got something that he can use, but she's got to be more prepared than she was. So Blevin is just completely blindsided when Partagast takes her side, takes the sector, um, Moldona one or, uh, Moldora. I can't remember the name of that planet and says, you know, that was your charge. I want to give it to her now because apparently that's a distraction for you, but it's something that's obviously very important to her, which is the planet where, where uh, Cassie Nandor's family actually is. Uh, yeah. So I think that's I think that's a very interesting part of it as well. But like I said, I love that you know that it's that humiliation that Blevin experiences that you just kind of revel in, but you do wonder if it's going to come back to bite uh, Dedra in, in the butt here later on. Yeah, you definitely you definitely feel that because he was very angry when he was humiliated. Yes, he was. He was very angry when he he's he humiliated. Uh, but we do finally get Cassian here, like I said, about 15 minutes in. Uh, he has made his way back to to Ferrix, and he is trying to convince his surrogate mother, Marva, and to take their their droid b2 emos glad to get great to get b2 emo yes. back in, in Lo- love b2 yeah he's he's a fantastic droid uh he's trying to convince them to leave the planet because he now has the money that he was given or that he took from the job that he did with the heist and initially she's not really wanting to go and cassian is thinking oh well it's just because she's tired it's it's late you know i'll let her wake up in the morning and we'll kind of get that straightened out but when he comes back the next morning to take Marva away and to take them away, he realizes she doesn't want to go. She's like, I'm not going this time. Uh, and what's great about this is even though she doesn't know that Cassian was involved in the heist, it is what has inspired her to 
take part in this rebellion to say, you know what, I'm not going to take it anymore. I want to get involved with whatever is taking place. You know, I'm old. I've been around for a long time. You know, what, what do I have to lose? I want to get involved in this. And Cassian's like, oh, it's like there's a there's a conflicting thing in Cassian. There's this thing where I'm proud of her because I'm proud because this thing that I did that she doesn't understand that I was a part of has inspired her, has has brought new life to her. But there's also that, oh gosh, this thing that I did is might cost her her life. So there's this conflicting thing there. But I love I love Marvel's reaction. I love what they're doing with the, the character and with Cassian's relationship with her. Yeah, and why do you think he can't tell her? Is he trying to protect, protect her? her I think so, yeah. I think, okay, I think that's yeah. definitely the case. Because I wonder that. I, I think that was my... My favorite scene as well, because uh, oh, I'm giving that away. Uh, because uh, just because how ex- like you said, inspired and excited she was, and she was like, you know, we get to see unfortunately what happened to Clem, right? And she was like, you know, Clem's death will not be in vain. This is, you know, I want to fight for him. I right. want to fight for you. You know, and uh, yeah, it's just, I think this is going to show us because in Rogue One, uh, you know. Cassian mentions right. you're not the only one who lost everything. Right. And I'm glad you mentioned Clem. This is another thing I wanted to bring up because when in episode four, when Luthen says, give me another name that you're going to use while you're on this, while you're on Aldani and you're taking part in this, that you're going to use a different name. And he says, Clem, I was like, oh, well, that's kind of a weird name. Why do you, why is that the name you go to? I mean, I can think of a thousand yeah. names to use before I came to Clem and they pay that off. Like, Oh, Clem was his dad because we hadn't heard the yeah. name of his father up until that point. Right, right. And like I said, so they paid it off. And that's another thing. You know, the first three episodes, they're introducing us to these characters. Then, you know, I really wasn't sure we were going to see Marv again. I wasn't really sure we were going to see Bix again. I, di- I didn't really know. But we spent three episodes kind of learning to like these people, getting invested in them. And now when he comes back to, to Ferrix here in episode seven, you're like, okay, we can see what we can see everything that this has cost him. Cause I don't know if he's going to see his mother again. I don't know if he's going right. to see Bix again. And this is what the cost that this rebellion is going to have on him. Look, he, the, there's a really good chance they could bring them all back into this. Uh, that's possible. But I, I feel good about Bix. Marva Lesso. I think we see Marva, but it's her dying. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, that would be my and guess as well. Fiona Shaw, what, what is just a delight, mm-hmm. and just how lucky are we that we get her on the show? Yeah, because she's she's really good in this in this role. So good. Yeah, we don't get her a whole lot, but we do when she's on screen. She's been absolutely spectacular. She freaking delivers. She does. Uh, I like the fact that we get the backstory and what happened to to Clem, uh, his father. You know, it it shows the incompetence of the Empire. The fact that you know, basically, all these people are throwing these stones and stuff at the stormtroopers that they pass by, and Clem runs out like trying to stop them, and they just turn around and they see him, and he ends up getting killed because they don't actually know who it was and they're so incompetent that they get the wrong guy and he ends up he like I said you would think with this being about a a guy who's part of the rebellion you would think his father would die doing something similar no he was just trying to like get the other people to not do something to get them killed ends up getting him killed in the process and you can see you can see and understand why cassian hates the empire the way that he does is because he witnessed that he was there the day that this happened and yeah. you understand this, like I said, it just shows, it just shows how good of a a storyteller that Tony Gilroy is. I mean, he is just writing one of the best scripts that we may have ever had in a Star Wars up until this point. Right. 
and and we and we gotta we gotta mention you know he mentions how much he's gonna miss her and he's not had these feelings before and she says that's just love love, right yeah and i heard wow yeah and i heard another uh podcast that was talking about this and you know they say one of the things that gilroy does is he takes things and redefines them. You know, they, you go back to the initial ISB where they say they're not doing security, they're doing healthcare. Uh, when this isn't worry that he's experiencing, it's love. You know, they, they do this a lot, and this is something that's, that Gilroy does. He redefines things uh, to where people cannot kind of understand it and make it more palatable for people. And that's one of the things that really works well in that one scene, you know, when she says, it's not, that's just love. That's just what, ha- you know, if you love somebody, that's, that's what it is. I mean, I love love that part of the scene. Love that. Uh, I love the fact that one of the things I do enjoy a lot is the fact that everyone around Cassie and Andor understands the impact that Cassian's actions in Episode Six have, except for Cassian. He has. I know. He is know. completely clueless as to what all is that just how big of a thing this is that they did and just how big of a consequences that it's going to have. Uh, like I said, he is just, he's clueless to Bix because like when he goes and sees Bix, Bix explains to him, you know, you got to get out of here because if you don't get out of here, you're going to get, you're going to get arrested and you're going to, you're going to end up dead. And he's like, well, who would turn me in? She's like, everybody. Cause yeah, everyone no blames you. Back. Yeah. Everyone knows you're to blame for these issues. Right, I mean, and he makes a point, you know, that it wasn't his fault. I mean, if if Tim doesn't turn him in, then none of this happens. And she's like, it doesn't matter. You're the one who killed the two corpos. You're the one who, and those guys end up coming in. And because you're the one who fought and went against the corpos, and you ended up uh, bringing in the empire's uh, iron fist into our world. Now they're here, and they're we're the ones who are having to deal with it nobody wants you around anymore and like i said he's having a hard time processing exactly what it was he's like all i did was like just trying to fend for myself and tim was the one who turned me in doesn't matter they're having to deal with it and that's the reason why anybody would turn you in and i like she also mentioned like hey dude you weren't the best guy around exactly you were uh, you were conniving you took people's money Mm -hmm. you were slow to pay them back right You, you know not everyone loved you that much anyway. Right. So, I mean, you, you didn't have a whole lot of friends to begin with. And now that you've done this and we've got the Empire here and we're having to deal with them, you know, it's you, you got you're the one that's going to be the one that's going to get catch all the blame for it. Uh, like I said, just love that. We also find in this episode, we get uh, we get Vel back. We see her for a little bit. And Clea has a meeting with her. And one of the things about this is you know, I don't know if Clea is operating independently. I think she is of Luthen in this regard. Because I really, truly believe Luthen thinks that Cassian can be a a valuable tool for the rebellion. So I don't think he would want him dead because this is one of the things that Clea yeah. says is you've got to you gotta get rid of Cassian. What did you think? I thought the same thing. And let me shout out that scene. It was like a spa noir. Mm-hmm, the way was. that they're moving through. This is Tony Gilroy at his best. Love the cinematography, the way it was shot. Right. Just the way they looked. They were just moving around. Clea looked incredible. I thought the same thing. I thought, this is her. And I love how she keeps shooting down Vel. Yes, she like, does. Every time Vel says something, you know, she's like, hey, you wanted to be a part of this. Right, and this is the cost. This is the consequences. There's calls here. And I'm going to shout something else out. Who does Clea look and sound like? 
Who does she looking sound like? Who were you thinking? A young Princess Leia. Oh, yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does. And that makes me wonder, do you think this is who this is? I don't think so. Just because Leia, this is a little too ruthless for Leia. Uh, Leia, I, I can't see Leia going down that path of, you know, because when she's talking to Vale, she's talking to her and she's basically putting out, you know, Basically, the people that died, you know, they were expendable. That's basically what she's telling them because Vel's kind of upset about the fact that all these people that she's worked with for the past five months, they're all dead now. And now she wants them to go kill this other guy. And like I said, that seems a little too ruthless for Leia. I can't see Leia being that way. Uh, So, go ahead. Let me just say, what a waste of using Leia and Obi-Wan when this would have been a perfect role for her. Yeah, it really would have been. That would have been a great role for her. And this girl looks like looks like a young Carrie Fisher. Yeah, and sounded like her. I'm telling you, when I saw that, and I, I noticed I was not the only person who saw who thought the same right. thought this. And I think they may have done that on purpose. They may have. They may. Have. It wouldn't surprise me if they did that on purpose. Uh, but also, the other issue is I can't see that being Leia because. Leia would be too well known at this point. Uh, I mean, she was she's a daughter of a senator. Uh, she yeah, yeah. so I can't see her. I can't see her taking on this type of a role. She if she were you know if if she weren't working for Luke, working with Luther in the in the shop, I could see that as possibly being the case. But since she's taking on that role of actually being there with Luther in the shop, I, that's the reason why I, I can't see that because Mon Mothma doesn't seem to really know her that well. Mon Mothma would know who Leia was. That's a good point. That's a good point. So that's why I can't see that being the case. But it is it is an interesting thought that they could have put, they could have brought her into yeah. into this show if they wanted to, and it would have been I think it would have been a really good decision. Look, they may still bring her into this show for all I know later yeah. on. So. Um, but one of the other scenes that we haven't talked about, we haven't talked about the scene with uh, with Mon Mothma and let me find the guy's name. Tay, Tay the banker. Yeah, Tay Colma. Ben Miles is the actor's name. What else has he been? He looked really familiar. I know he had to have been in some stuff. Let me look that up while you're talking. But I like this scene because this is almost immediately after the fact that Mon Mothma was being she had to come to terms with what Luthen was telling her that maybe she's not quite as involved in this as she thought she was. And she's having to come to terms with that really, really quickly because later that night she's having this meeting with Tay, who is a banker who can get her access to the funds. Cause the problem that she is having at this point is she has all this wealth from her family, but her family fortune has been kind of like, it's like the fr- accounts have been frozen by the empire and she can't actually get access to them. And she needs Tay to open them up. And what's great about this scene is when she approaches Tay, Tay thinks that, well, he warns her, he says, you know what, maybe uh, we shouldn't have this discussion because, you know, over the years I've grown a little bit more disdain for the Empire and look at look around you, you're, you're deeply embedded in the Empire, it's what your life is based upon, and he has no idea what she's been trying to do, and that's one of the things I think they do a really good job of, and that what they need to do in this is they have established that Mon Mothma is deep into the rebellion, but the people around her, they don't understand that because the, she is so, her life has revolved so much around the empire that people can't imagine that she would actually have any type of rebellion in her. That's one of the things I liked about this, this scene is she reveals to him, you know what? 
I'm far more into this than you could possibly imagine. It, I, it, I like that. And it that like is good. taking him completely by surprise. She has to keep telling him, smile, smile. You got to have a smile yeah. on your face. Like I love that scene. It was just fantastic. And I love how, okay, so his biggest roles were B for Vendetta, Speed Racer, and The Crown. Okay. He's been in a lot of stuff. He but, just looks uh, so familiar. Uh, he remember. does. He does. And I love how uh, she is like, uh, oh, yeah. I, you can't trust my husband. Right, exactly. That drops it there at the end. <laughs> yeah, it drops there at the very end. You, know, you, you can't, can't trust, trust parent. No, you can't. No, you and can't. he's a jerk. I'm going to say it again. Yeah, he's awful. Uh, like I said, just I love that scene. I loved, I loved everything about it. Uh, I love all these scenes that they're doing in this, just to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, it's Re- really great. It really, really is. It's, it's just fantastic. I've, I've enjoyed this. It the feels show. like the beginning. We're in the first chapters of a spa book. Yeah, you're right. It does feel that way. And they got the perfect person running it and Tony Gerald because he's so good at those types of stories and he's telling another great one here. So, all right. Uh, have we talked about everything? I think we talked about everything, haven't we? Well, the well, last you talked scene. about the end of it. Yeah, let's talk about the end of it. Okay, so this is this is kind of the only nit I want to pick here a little bit is because obviously we know Cassian wants to leave, but it's kind of jarring where he just shows up on this moon planet, <laughs> this beach. I, yeah. I don't think they did a real good job of like getting us to that point because all of a sudden like he says that he's going to leave but we don't know where he's going and all of a sudden the next thing we know they're kind of fa- they're they're uh they're bringing us into this moon planet is is apparently at a beach and there's this half naked woman on a bed and, yeah. and and he's talking to in the shower like I I was a little jarred by how we got to this point. Once I kind of got settled in, I was like, okay, well, I'm fine with it now. But I did. What did you think of that? Where did you have those same I, things? It was, it was it was a little jarring. I was like, whoa, who's that? Good for you, uh, Cassie. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. You, you don't seem to have much personality. I mean, you're good looking dude, but right. okay. Well, uh, they are paying off that a little bit. They because at the beginning of this, they talked about how he is he's a bit of a womanizer and he's always going around from That's one true. girl to the next. So they That's are true. paying that off a little bit. So I, yeah. th- I like that. I, I thought the. You know what my first thought was when he's like, we could go anywhere. I was like, if you go to Tatooine, exactly. I can put a loser. Yeah, thankfully they do not go to Tatooine. I can't imagine but Tony Gilroy doing that. I was glad that they have beaches. I was excited about that. Yeah, I know, but I, I was, it was weird because we, the only other beach yeah. we've seen was in Ain, was in, uh, was in uh, Rogue One, or not Rogue One, uh, uh, yeah, it was Rogue One. I get when keep wanting. I always get Rogue One and Rogue Squadron. Oh yeah, mixed that's up. true. Yeah, because Cassian but, is the last scene. They're sitting at a beach, but it wasn't like this kind of beach. That was you know no, very no, much no, a military, like a like a, a resort party beach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was going to say, uh, I got bad news, Cassian. That money is not going to be there. Yeah, when you get back. I, that that would be surprising if it's if it's still there. So, uh, but so he's on this beach. He's in this beach resort area and one of the great things about this and i can we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier is he's on this beach and there are these people that are running from the stormtroopers or i I think they're technically called beach troopers actually kind of looked that up but they're running from the bay watch the the, the bay watch of star wars exactly uh but they're running from why could they have not gotten david hassel i know tell me that would have been fantastic if they could have gotten him to be the voice of like that guy that would have been next level uh but he's he sees these people running, and 
he kind of like he realizes he probably should avoid this so he kind of speeds things up and he's kind of looking around but he hasn't done anything wrong i mean he's just kind of walking along and because he's looking around this other trooper stops him and says hey what are you doing are you part of this and he's like no i'm i'm, I'm just a tourist i'm just i'm just walking he's like uh are you part of all this and he he cannot convince this trooper that he's not involved in whatever these other people are doing and he's going to end up getting arrested. But one of the things I did think, when they see the K2 droid walking up, I was like, oh, please tell me Alan Tudyk's voice is about to come out of that thing. Please tell me his voice is about yeah, to come out. Yeah. But from my understanding, he, he does show up in this, but it's not until season two. So uh, I was like, crap. I was like, maybe, they, maybe they're going to tease us a little bit with it, with uh, maybe a cameo appearance here. And they, they do not, unfortunately. But... You know, that's this is where they start to show just how bad the Empire is. Cassian has done nothing. He's done nothing at this point. All he has done is just walked around the beach and looked around because he, he is trying to avoid the troopers. There's no doubt about that. But he hasn't done anything wrong at this point. Yeah. And he ends up getting arrested. And look, what he goes to, it's not a trial. They don't get trials. They get oh. sentences. And that's another thing that they're trying to show us is you, you don't get a chance to defend yourself. If you get arrested, you're guilty, and you're going to have to suffer the consequences, even if you are you did it or not. And the woman who sentences him, she says, oh, I feel sorry for you because this would have been uh, a six-month sentence, and now it's six years. And this is where they're showing us the effects of what Cassian did. And I think this is what they're going to start. This is what's going to propel Cassian forward is I didn't do anything wrong here. I did do something wrong on Aldani. I, I stole, you know, $80 million, but here I didn't do anything wrong. Now they're sentencing me to, to six years in prison for just walking around a beach. And this is probably what will actually propel him into a, into the rebellion even further. And it's setting up, like I said, I wasn't really sure what they were, what end game they were setting up for this three episode arc, but it, is, it seems pretty apparent at this point that it's going to be a, a prison break. And I, I, I can't wait to see how this goes because I don't know who's going to be the one that's involved in it. I'll just be perfectly honest with you. What, I, I'm with you. My first thought is Vel, but that was my know, first thought too. Who, who knows? And uh, I'm, I'm excited. Oh, also, we saw Cinta for a brief second, a brief second where, she, where she saw the Empire, and, and we know that they're going to interrogate all these people. Now, granted, we know how good Cinta is. Yes. I cannot imagine she she gets has any issues with the interrogation. Right, I, mean, I can't imagine that either. Yeah, yeah, but I, I was glad they saw that. But yeah, I hope we see her again because I would love to see her involved in a prison break. Yeah, and this is, what, again, going back to what I was talking about earlier. After he gets arrested and after he gets sentenced to six years, what do we end on? We end with Cyril, who's playing around on his computer at his job. Mm -hmm. And it makes me wonder, like, is Cyril going to be the one? that is, Does he find something? Like, is he going through some type of record or something in his new job? And he finds something, and he's the one who breaks him out of prison, partially because he thinks he needs him to clear his name, and then he ends up getting him. I feel like Cyril's going to be involved somehow. I don't know yeah. if it's going to be because he needs him to clear his name because he realizes that this name that he uses is not correct. Uh, but he's going to come across something in this job that he has, and that's what, like I said, I feel like he's got to be involved because they can't keep putting him in this in this show without telling us Without him actually having a role. Now, speaking of things that they are coming back to, let's, I, we, I talked about this last week. We got a mention of his sister. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we got a mention. I texted you the minute I was watching. <laughs> we finally, they finally mentioned his sister again. Look, I don't know if that means the way that they did it with Marva saying, you know, don't go looking for your sister anymore. It's not your fault what happened on on Canary. Uh, it's not your fault. I don't know if that means that 
that storyline is done or if it's still going to crop itself back up later. But I'm oh, glad it's coming. Back. Yeah, it feels like it is. So I'm, I'm glad, like I said, when they finally does like, yes, they're mentioning the sister. Thank you. Uh, that, that just helped me out a whole lot. So. It's like they heard you. It did. Last week. <laughs> it's like they heard me. Uh, it's like they saw into the future and they knew that somebody was going to be out there ranting about a, yeah. the possibility that they haven't mentioned the sister anymore. So, uh, all right. Uh, anything else we need to talk about? I think we're I think we're ready for awards. I think we are too. So let's get into our weekly awards. Up first, we have the Tyrion Lannister, which is the MVP of the week. Who is your MVP for this week? Uh, so this was a hard. Yeah, one. It really was. Uh, you know, you could have gone Fiona Shaw. Mm-hmm. You really could have gone uh, Elizabeth Dula as uh, as uh, Clea. Uh-huh. But I went with. I think this was Genevieve. O'Reilly's as yeah, Mon Mothra. I think this was her best episode. Uh, so I went with her. I went ahead and went with Fiona Shaw. Uh, look, there's a lot. We just said it. I mean, there's a lot of people that you yeah. could have gone with. There's a, there's a whole lot of people. I really went with Fiona Shaw just because I, I don't know how much she's going to still be in the show. Uh, I, I can't imagine her making it past this, this first season and going into yeah, second season. Yeah. That, that seems unlikely. Yeah. But like I said, I, I thought she was great. I thought Genevieve O'Reilly was fantastic. I thought, uh, like you said, what was the name of the actress who plays Clea? Uh, Elizabeth Dula. She's good. Look, honestly, you could have gone with Cassian in this. The fact that he's playing. Oh, yeah. about the same thing, yeah. The fact that he's playing off, that he's showing that he has no clue just how big of a deal of what his actions have done. He, he has no clue how, how big of an impact that's going to have on everyone's life. So, uh, a lot of people we could have gone with, uh, so, but, uh, yeah, both good calls. I think by both of us. So, uh, the Agatha all along, the best scene for the week. What'd you go with for this one? So I went with the, uh, Marv, Marva and Cassian say goodbye. Scene. Okay, that was a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I went with the the toy. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, the Tay and the Mon Mothma scene. Uh, that's the one I yeah. ended up going with. I thought about going with Mon Mothma and Luthen. Uh, one. Just, I thought about that too. Uh, that was that was a good one as well. Lots of good ones. Uh, just the, the the train the train scene as well. The train scene. What was the train scene? The, the, with uh, Vel and Clea. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, that was at a train station. You're correct. Yeah, uh, yeah, that one was a good one as well. Yeah, lots, lots of good ones. Lots of good it stuff was. in this one. Uh, next is the if you come with the king, you best not miss. What's your best line for this week? I went with this is said by Marva. It's that's just love. Nothing you can do about that. I've never loved anything like I've loved you. Yeah, that was a fantastic one. It, it, this one had a lot of lines. It had a whole bunch. I ended up going with Luthen's line that he gets, says to Mon Mothma, who creates a weapon and doesn't use it? Uh, I thought that was just fantastic, but the one you picked was good. I also thought about going with one from Mon Mothma where she says, I show you the stone in my hand. You missed the knife at, at your throat. That She learns that from Palpatine. That was a good one. Uh, so, uh, uh, Clea's this is what a revolution looks like. Yeah, Vail. that was a good one too. So lots of good ones, uh, lots of good lines in this week. So, all right, uh, here on the main attraction podcast, we do a rating system. We have a five tier system up at the top of our list is a game of Thrones beneath game of Thrones is a lost middle of the road for us is a friends beneath friends is a full house. And at the bottom of the barrel is a Baywatch. We have both been at game of Thrones. I figure we're both going to stay there, but let me just double check with you. Where are you after yeah. seven episodes? <laughs> This is this is Game of Thrones, man. This is this is the best show going right now. Yeah, I I, I put on Twitter after I watched the the seventh episode. You know, we're eventually going to do a best of twenty twenty two. We'll do one of those things here eventually. It'll either be a patron or we'll do something at the beginning of twenty twenty three where we do a, our best shows of twenty twenty two. 
I don't know if this is going to be at the top, but it's definitely in the running for me uh, for best shows of 2022. It's just fantastic. It is absolutely yeah. fantastic. I have loved this show from from start to beginning. Like I said, it's it started off really slow. Uh, it's it's hard to get into with those first two episodes because you don't know the characters. You're not attached to them. But give Tony Gilroy credit. He's establishing an attachment in there. That way, when he comes back to those characters here in episode seven, you've got something to to hold on to you got something that you care about these guys you care about his relationship with andor because of what is taking place earlier it's just fantastic all the way around absolutely fantastic so all right uh real quick before we go we do want to talk about one thing i talked mentioned this earlier as much as we have loved this show as much as if you go online and look up reviews of this it is almost universally praised not quite but it's almost universally praised fans that are watching it have loved it uh there's uh, it, it's very rare for a star wars thing to get really high praise from fans nowadays just because they're they're the star wars fans are hard 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 to please uh but the problem is there's not a whole lot of people watching it i found an article online about the ratings for this this is one of the lowest rated things that disney plus has done since they've released anything especially when you compare it to other star wars uh entries mm-hmm. that they have when you look at uh, the Mandalorian, when you look at Boba Fett, when you look at Obi-Wan, it it pales in comparison to those. Do you think that's going to have an impact on season two? I'm concerned about that, but I cannot imagine with the ratings, and they're about, I, I listened to a podcast with Tony Gilroy. He was on Mark Maron's podcast. How was he? They're supposed to start filming in November. Okay. So I can't uh, imagine if they're that deep into it. I can't imagine. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine the stopping it. Uh, I think it may make them be a little bit uh, more hesitant to to do things. But none of the other besides the Mandalorian, but Boba Fett, Obi Wan have not been praised like this. No, they haven't. So it'll be interesting. They may not give another show this many episodes and and go ahead and give two two seasons. Mm-hmm. But that this may cause that to be an issue where you, we may get something that only gets six seasons, six episodes, yeah, you I, know, or something like that. Yeah, I think the reason why I think my think I think what they had to do to get Gilroy to do this, he they had to agree to him regardless of what the ratings, regardless of how much it was getting downloaded. He had he told he said this is what the story I want to tell. This is how I'm going to tell it. I need you to commit to it if you want to do this. And I think that's the reason why that they went ahead and committed to both seasons for a total of 24 episodes is because he said this is the story. If we're, if I'm going to do this, I need to know that I can tell the story that I want to tell. And I think that's the reason they go into it. Let's talk about why you think why we think the ratings are like they are. What do you think is causing the ratings for this to be as low as they are? Uh, well, there's two things. Number one. They released this at the absolute worst time with House of the Dragon and Rings of Power going on at the same time. People don't have the time to watch shows like this that you have to be totally invested in watching for an hour. Right. They they could not have picked a worse time. Second one, you hinted at it earlier. It it doesn't fully go back to Star Wars. Right. Um, and it's it's Rogue One, but Rogue One, although beloved, isn't like you know. Yeah, it's, it's very different. It's not the the normal. Yeah. Uh, whatever you would call More, story it's not the normal saga. Star Wars. It's not the normal Star yeah. Wars Skywalker saga. Isn't it? It's not what the yeah, Skywalker not, saga. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I think you're right about part. I think you're partially right about the about 
the timing, the release of this, you got some other big shows going on. I do think I do think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it is not, it doesn't feel as much like Star Wars. There is another podcast I listen to that covers this. Uh, it's called uh, Andor Thirty Questions. Uh, there's three guys that do that. Two of them are absolutely loving the show. One of them's not just really into it. And one of the things that he says all, all the time on that show is, you know, it doesn't feel like Star Wars to him, and that is that's a holdup. And like I said, I think that is, I think that's holding the true diehard Star Wars fans is back is because they don't recognize this story very well and therefore they're not wanting to tune into it because it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a typical Star Wars type story and like I said I think that's the reason why you're seeing that and I think there were a lot of like just died in the wolf Star Wars fans who weren't just in love with Rogue One because again it didn't have as much to do the, it was far more it ended up having far more to do with the Skywalker saga by bringing in Darth Vader and all that type of stuff into it than they originally planned Lucasfilm got a little nervous originally that none of that was supposed to be in there and Lucasfilm just kind of got nervous that people wouldn't go watch it so they ended up they ended up injecting some of that into the story later on but like I said that was a, that was something that kind of made the nerves like oh, we're not sure if people are going to watch this if it doesn't have anything to do with the skywalker well, saga and let's throw one last thing there's some disney fatigue marvel star wars yeah. where we've had so much stuff coming at us it hasn't been the quality that we're used to right uh oh i mean uh uh you know obi-wan bubba fett weren't as good especially bubba fett, bubba fett yes, like it they have to have hurt this product there's some fatigue yeah people there is. are like oh another show right i yeah. mean this is this is the third one this year yeah you're, you're right this is third one this year because bubba fett started very it started yeah. at the, the like the last wednesday of of 2021 and yeah. went into 2022 and then we had obi-wan in may and yeah. like i think we both liked obi-wan but i think we both yeah. thought there was a better version of that story to be yes. told uh, yeah, absolutely so. especially after watching this yeah exactly so all right well i guess that's going to wrap us up for this week you got anything else you want to add before we head off Appreciate everyone joining us, and we will talk to you next time and get ready for a prison break. That's right. Uh, uh, we are getting ready for a prison break in a couple of weeks. We'll see. We'll see how they set it up here in the next week. Uh, we'll go from there. So we appreciate everybody tuning in, and until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.